from Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Today we sit down with Lauren Langworthy, Program Director at Moses and owner of Blue Ox Organics. In today's In Her Boots episode, Lauren shares her farm journey, including how sometimes trial by fire can be a great way to figure out what your real values and passion are. Learn how perennial agriculture and holistic management led her to her current venture with livestock. Lauren and her husband own 153 acres in Wheeler, Wisconsin. Their grass-based farm includes a rotationally grazed 200U flock of sheep, small beef herd, hay, cover crops, and wooded areas. When she isn't in the office or in the fields, Lauren is a visual and fiber artist, nature enthusiast, and is an active member and District 2 director for the Wisconsin Farmers Union. So we are here today with Lauren Langworthy, and we are here to talk about a variety of topics over our next four episodes because you are a woman with a variety of interests, but they all stem for a passion for the land, I know, and for good food and supporting other women and all those things we're kindred spirits on. But tell us right now a little bit about where you are today. Let's start there. The, the flash picture of the farm and Lauren's life. Yeah. So where am I now? Uh, <laughs> Um, so my husband and I run Blue Ox Farm up in Wheeler, Wisconsin. That's in West Central Wisconsin, just north of a town called Menominee, for those familiar with that. Um, and we, we raise pastured lamb primarily. We have a 150 ewe flock. So that means height of the season, we can have 200, 300 sheep running around our place. And then we also have a small herd of highland cattle who are mostly doing some remediation work for us around the farm um, right now. But hopefully over time, we'll be getting more and more into the grass-fed beef um, industry as well. And uh, a lot of that is being direct marketed. Uh, That's kind of comes from an ethical standpoint of wanting to know the consumers eating our food, wanting to make sure that the animals we put a lot of love into are being loved on the other end, nourishing good people, you babies. know, all of that. Yeah, oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, you know, we try and do some on-farm field days and stuff like that as well. Uh, again, trying to bring in the educational component for our consumers, for other farmers, all that jazz. And then I guess I'm also program director at Moses. That's another hat that I wear. And I'm also district two director for Wisconsin Farmers Union. So another hat that I wear. But lots of good hats. That's great. Now, is this where Lauren envisioned she would be when she was oh absolutely not no (laughs) (laughs) did you grow up on a farm or or I didn't no no I was I grew up in a small town Zimbroda Minnesota southeast Minnesota and yeah I in retrospect it makes sense (laughs) how I pieces fell but yeah I didn't I didn't really expect to ever be farming my grandparents were the last generation to farm so I did spend time on a farm but it was 
an entirely different sort of farm, a different animal than than what we're running now. Um, and while I loved being there, it was mostly because I loved being outside and I loved being with my grandparents and my extended family. But um, yeah, not something I planned to take on. Um, I, I joke though that I was a nature girl. And so we had a creek in our backyard. I was all about spending time out there, climbing trees, you know, adopting animals for short periods of time. <laughs> Although my parents had some rules, rightfully so, about how long wild animals could stay in my care. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I was really an outdoorsy person, um, as, as a young person and then went off to college and actually studied anthropology and art and kind of thought I would end up maybe in marketing or something like that, but also kind of struggled with the the kind of corporate piece of what that would look like yeah. and not wanting to tell people what they should buy, but rather wanting to help explain things to people. Um, and kind of long story short, I went out west for a little while, worked for Extension there, 4-H yeah. and Master Gardener programs. Where were you at? In the uh, west Olympia, side? Washington. Oh, okay. West, west, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Out way west. Um, and I really enjoyed it there. I had a lot of fun, but I also had a little FOMO, right? Fear of missing out <laughs> with all the family and friends back in the Midwest. And yeah. So then eventually my now husband invited me to head back to the Midwest and start a farm with him. He'd been studying sustainable ag and I'd been teaching people about backyard gardens. So sounds easy enough. Let's just go start a farm. We'll plant some seeds. <laughs> sure. No big deal. Um, Did you two meet then out in Washington or that's a long story, oh. too. Yeah, no, um, we actually grew up in the same hometown. Oh, okay. Um, nice. And went different directions for a while and then reconnected out west. Uh -huh. and, uh -huh. um, yeah, he kept showing up in cool places, so he must be interesting, right? Worth a shot. And yeah. he had the same vision. Yeah, I think um, different lenses. Seeds of visions. Yeah, yeah, different lenses on the same vision. But um, moved back and, and after a while moved out to a rented property and um, maybe didn't do it in a way I would recommend. We got married, went on our honeymoon, and landed directly on a rented farm to start our new farm business. No, no, that was exactly our progression just about. <laughs> yeah, I understand. It's it, it may not be recommended, but you know what? You do it, works. Yes. Yeah. No, it worked for us. And yeah. I think trial by fire for some people is a really great way to figure out what, what your real values are and what your real passion is. And um, so, yeah, from that rented place, we ended up uh, doing a lot of work to try and figure out how to stay in farming and, and grow our business. And Have you always been in the pastured lamb side or? No, um, actually at first we, we started with vegetables. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, a low cost way to get into agriculture. And my husband is a very veggie person. He, he reads plants and understands plants in a way I never will. And, but our rental situation included caring for livestock and, and I have to say, hoeing was not my favorite thing, but those animals, man, I really understood them. And, and it reminded Aww. me of, you know, those turtles I used to adopt and, <laughs> and wanting to care for them. So so that was really exciting to me. And we ended up growing the market garden to about five acres. And we had, at various points, a winter CSA, um, farmer's markets, um, also some wholesale accounts. We were going into the Twin Cities, Menominee, and Eau Claire. Um, we tried summer CSA for a short time and realized that was too much on top of everything and um, and really started to look at our holistic goals for what we wanted to have as a farm and as a life 
and realized we needed to minimize the labor that was going on in the vegetable operation. And sure. so instead we grew the the grass-based farming. Um, and part of that was was labor. Part of it was, you know, just it was hard to keep tilling soil and doing annual agriculture and, and battling that annual, you know, spring rains and, and, you know, what today looks like for harvesting. And um, we wanted a, a little bit slower pace of that. And so perennial agriculture. There you go. Well, it sounded too, though, you did take that time to experiment, right? I mean, you oh, wouldn't yeah. get to be without A or A to without B or uh, what kind of time frame or we talking about was it a couple seasons or this is sort of over the course of you, six you years. jammed in there okay yeah yeah, yeah. again i intense. maybe a little faster than i would recommend um, <laughs> going well. from two acres to five acres of market garden and then getting out of that and growing a, a livestock operation getting all the infrastructure in um i mean we were really pounding through things to get them done and and making decisions pretty quickly but you know i I'll probably reference a few times as we talk holistic management and and the holistic goal. And for us, that was a huge compass as to check ourselves and say, you know, we are running pell-mell down this road. Is this the right road? <laughs> but the, so could you, in your own perspective, define holistic management for folks? Because that's... A- yeah, it's, it's a really big subject. Yeah. Um, but... But just for the basics of it, um, starting with a, a holistic goal, um, that holistic goal doesn't say I'm going to run a, a five-acre market garden. That holistic goal says I want to create space for learning in my life. And so it's it's a very broad, what what do you want your life with your partnership or or as yourself or your farm, your community to look like? And then as you make decisions for your farm, business, life, whatever, um, your your box is a little bit more open. You're not saying, mm-hmm. I have to stay in vegetable agriculture to be a happy person. I need to have you know a community around me to be a happy person. And so if you realize that the, the farm operation you're running isn't meeting that need, then we really need to look at how to make that need um, part of our lives. Yeah. Well, that's so important. And too, it's so easy to get trapped once you start doing something that if you stop, you failed or it's a negative check mark. But no, it's actually very positive if you're moving towards where you want to be. Yeah. It's like, you know, um, when we talk about finances, if you're losing money on every product you produce, that's that's a problem, right? <laughs> and so if if your very business that you're in is making you unhappy in some way, that we need to recognize that. And we can't just keep feeling like, well, if I produce more, that's going to make me happy. Yeah. It's, what you're doing isn't making you oh, happy. Oh, that's so, so important, Lauren. But why do you think, especially we as women, lose sight of that? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a great answer for that. And I'm probably as guilty as anybody else of um, of thinking that I have to do something and therefore doing it um, and just kind of putting those boxes up for myself. Or I promise somebody or I raise my hand or yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, like you said, once you start doing something, you've maybe invested time or infrastructure or space or, or I mean, social capital. I don't know. Um, you've, you've invested a few things and it's easy to kind of put good after bad. Um, and so recognizing, and and for us, every winter we go through that holistic management. We look at our goals and we say, what are we missing the mark on? And that's been the compass, like I said, to to drive these decisions. And 
while I think we've run really quickly and maybe not always in the right direction, it feels like overall things are headed the right way. And I know that the life I wanted to lead, I didn't really picture it being on a farm in the very beginning, but now I'm seeing how that all comes together. You know, I get to be a nature girl on a farm now, which is amazing. My, my love of biology and wildlife can be applied to livestock and, and my ecosystem. So it's, it's coming together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did you go through a holistic management program or class or did you self-teach it? Cause there's different ways to process that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in the very beginning, when we were uh, kind of deciding whether or not to pursue the farm thing, we actually went through the um, Land Stewardship Project has a program called Farm Beginnings. Oh, sure, yeah. And there's actually now a Farm Beginnings Collaborative that's um, several states and several different organizations. Lots of different ways folks can connect with that. Yeah, all using the same model. And, and the basis of that Farm Beginnings is kind of the same as holistic management. Oh, okay. Um, kind of setting up goals for yourself and and verbalizing what you want to see and then going through a business planning process and kind of checking that against your goals and then developing mentorships and access to resources. So, yeah. So it gives you checkpoints that you still use today Mm, in am I on the right path? That's so Mm -hmm. important and it's so easy, like we were saying, to just get busy (laughs) or feel obligated to do something when maybe we shouldn't be it at all. Right. Yeah. So how do you, do you see keeping that still in the planning cards as, as you both move forward and that you're, sounds like you're at a good point now, but things may change, right? Or, Mm -hmm. or interests may change, or is it a yearly, sounds like a review? Yeah, we, we happen to do it as part of our like budgeting for the year. Mm -hmm. And, and it used to be, as we were planning seed orders and and figuring out our wholesale accounts and all that stuff with vegetables, that was the time when we'd look at those goals again and and say, are these still our goals? Maybe our our lives have just changed and these aren't our goals anymore. And if they are still our goals, are we accomplishing them? Are we working against them? Um, And just having a really frank conversation. And those were never easy conversations to be really brutal, specifically for us. family and community was an important thing. And when you're running five acres of market garden, just the two of you on kind of a hand ho scale, there is no time for family and community. And so every year that was kind of a raw one. And that was really what pushed um, the decision to move more into livestock was this raw conversation every year that we were kind of missing out on something really crucial. Wow. Um, and, and it took a few years to figure it out, but Eventually, it was, you know, no matter how much we go into CSA or winter or this or that, it's really this operation doesn't jive. And all right, now that we own that, what do we do about it? Oh, and then when in the story did you purchase your farm? Um, After rented land. um, And so it's been five years now. Five years. Yep. And you six. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you purchased your land through a FSA farm service agency. Yeah, that was another, that was another kind of weird. um, So we were on rented land and the situation there wasn't working very well for us. Um, The expectations were kind of loose handshake agreement kind of thing. And, and so it, it felt tentative at best. And we were looking for something much more stable and we developed some great marketplaces. We wanted to stay near them, but really had no understanding of how to move forward. 
um, and kind of did this thing where we told everybody we knew that this is what we're looking for. We It doesn't have to be owned land. It could be rented, but we need some sort of tenure. It needs to be more than just a season so we can build something there. Um, we told our buyers, we told our friends, we told everyone in the community. We, we started doing a, a big epic land search and ended up connecting with some angel investors who wanted to invest their money not in a bank, but in their ethics. And part of their ethics were organic production. Wow. Yeah, and and it was just complete. But you put it out there, though. That's yeah, great. serendipity. Absolutely, that that it happened at all, and um, we were nervous to just you know do another handshake agreement. So we had months of sitting down and talking business plans with these people who were not farmers, um, but were business folks and understood that we needed to be able to make certain decisions. We needed certain freedoms and securities and. Um, so we set up, long story short, a, a split mortgage, partially funded through the angel investors and partially funded through FSA. And so every year we we have kind of two payments to make um, because this was an investment for the angel investors. They, they didn't just give it to us, so uh, we do have to pay it back, and that's just fine. It's really given us an amazing opportunity, but yeah, well, it, was, it was a weird there situation. Too. And then somewhere in that process, too, in the since you bought the farm, you took on this full-time role at Moses. Yes. So that added another different piece. But again, mm-hmm. it sounds like you have a very conscious process. But what motivated that? Probably multiple things. Obviously, a job is a financial base, et cetera, too. But you have interests in the education side, or it probably fulfilled yeah. a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, and I... Um, it, it was kind of a, a weird throwing a monkey wrench in the whole thing that was supposed to, it was going to work perfectly that year, right? Because sure. we planned it all out and I started the job in June. So we were very early in the season with vegetables and, um, and kind of going back to that holistic planning piece, I felt like I needed more, more connection to community, more, you know, I, I like to educate. I like to, cross-pollinate, as, as you often say. I like to um, make connections between people. And I didn't feel like I was doing that in our vegetable garden. And and I love our animals. I love being with them. But that wasn't meeting the need. And so I, I kind of had this hole. And I didn't really know how to fix it with the farm. We tried farmer's markets. You know, maybe that'll get me out and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll finally have it. But it's just a different kind of draining, <laughs> you know, um, depending on the week. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's hard. And Um, and so I was kind of, I had my eye open for what might help there. And when this job came up, um, I thought, well, why not try it? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of a proponent of trying anything once, but being a little bit honest about whether or not it's working. And this one seems to be really working. So that's great. Kind of similar with the farmer's union thing, you know, just feeling like there's, there's more work to be done and, and I want to participate in that. So how do I do that? Awesome. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, in her boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.